Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to Believe in the Big Five with D-Ray. Got my host from another show on Believe Podcast Network would be Aton Shan. What's going on with you, Aton? What's up, brother? Can't get enough, huh? I'm honored, man. man. How many people said no for me to make this cut? <laughs> no, man, not at all. I, I, I had to get you on here because we had to talk Big Five basketball. You know, on our show, Uncontested, with uh, D-Ray and Aton, we talk a lot about Sixers basketball and Philly basketball as a whole and what the Sixers mean to the city. But I think a huge part of the the basketball narrative in Philadelphia is the Big Five. Mm. And in recent times, the resurgence of the Big Five with the coaching changes, with teams kind of on the rise, I feel like the Big Five is going to be back in that space they were, you know, in in the 80s and 90s when it was really a competitive and hallmark league of college basketball. So I guess we'll start off yeah. with what does the Big Five mean to you? Well, I, I think the Big Five means history and mm -hmm. it, it means a lot of DNA in the game of college basketball yeah. and you're right that some of it has been neglected and yeah. some of it has been overlooked and, and I think it's one of the hidden gems that's probably another definition that I would use in Philadelphia is that it's another hidden gem here where it's like all right man you've got so much talk about the Sixers you've got so much talk about you know the NBA when you look back at the history of Doc to Allen to you know where we are now with the process but the fact is is that there's much more of a rich basketball history yes. I think with the big 5 and credit to you guys honestly because I think what happened is there was some sense of jealousy and there was some sense of Nova turning its back on the big five early, you know, like late eighties, early nineties. Yeah. Yeah. And what your former coach Jay Wright and what your squad did. And, and now, you know, the, the most recent squad as well. Like when you look at winning championships and restoring a sense of pride mm -hmm. to any program, I think what they did was it almost like mended some fences. And I'm not saying that Nova no, was no, to blame, no, no, but no. I think people recognize like, Hey man, you can't keep counting on, St. Joe's and you can't keep counting on Temple, you know, to make the tournament one every four years yeah. to bring some pride to the city mm -hmm. where Nova has restored it. So I think that's, you know, for me, it was about history and it was about this hidden gem and a lot of it has been neglect. Mm -hmm. But I think you're right where sometimes it just takes change. Like we saw that, you know, two big coaching changes, right? Temple and St. Joe's. Yeah. Sometimes it takes change to bring it back. But Ain't nobody catching Nova. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, you know, no offense to my Temple people out there and, and everybody else, but you know, Nova has set the bar. But that's isn't that great though? Competition. It's always good. It's always good because it, it drives other teams. You know, it's like it it, it comes a, a game of because, like you said, if no one is really doing it, you have one team every one. You know, uh, one team every four years, kind of making the tournament. It's just like it gets to a point where it's like, all right, nobody's really paying attention. But you have one team that's constantly dominating. 
as competitors after a while, it's like, all right, I'm tired of hearing of them. And quite honestly, that's what we saw this year and Penn and winning it and hats off to them. I, I say that with as straight as a face as I can muster up. <laughs> Do, has, does it pain you to give oh props to any other team gosh, in this big five? Like, yes, yes. I mean, there's nobody that's competing with your squad. You know, you can't just be happy for a small little sliver of cake that oh, Penn got. Oh, my God. No, no, no. Because it, you spoke on it. It's pride. It's pride. Okay. You, know, you, you, you said the word. You hit it right on the head. It's pride in the city's way of playing, you know, and no offense to Penn. I'm not saying that Penn, they did play hard. They played very hard. You know, um, Coach Donnie has that team playing extremely hard. You know, it, it was so many times throughout that game and throughout the season, you would just see like this team just they're hungry. You know, you would see them win games off of just the idea of they were just they just wanted it more. So, no, I definitely think they take pride in it. But like I said, in the, the city's big five competition, it's something that I have great pride in. So it's kind of hard to, to you know, like I said, hats off to them and <laughs> keep it moving. But I get it. We, we, we spoke, you know, right before we started this on Fran Dunphy's legacy. Yes. And he's up for, you know, the Hall of Fame. What do you think of that entire situation when I say entire situation I mean the way this last year kind of carried out in the sense that they know that they were moving Aaron McKee into that spot well I think at some first off I'll say this way I felt that Temple did it the right way I think St. Joe's did it the wrong way Mm. I'm not saying that both coaches should have been kept I'm not saying that Phil Martelli should have been kept I think it was time at some point to make a move but the fashion and the way in which Martelli was ousted, I had a problem with. Whereas Fran, I felt, in fact, there was more reasoning to move on from Fran Dunphy, I think, because of frustrations in which you just didn't have this team take it to the next level and get consistent appearances in the tournament. And I think when you're looking at Villanova, and it's unfair, it is unfair, but it's the reality. I mean, it would be like if we had a second basketball or a second football team in here that was constantly winning, and you had one that was like just getting knocked out of the first round of the playoffs every other year or every third year. You'd be looking and say, okay, where is the disconnect? Mm -hmm. And I'm not, and and here's the thing, D-Ray, I'm not blaming Fran Dunphy for you know, losing Brunson or, you know what I mean? Like not getting the same type of recruit Mm -hmm. that Jay Wright can get. But I think when you look at the grand scheme of things, Fran Dunphy was more good to to the program and the University of Temple basketball than not. And I think you reached a point in which it wasn't about coaching and message. I think it was just about building. Mm. And I think Aaron McKee is in a position now where he can take a program that has a ton of history Combine that with his name in this city, somebody who is very recognizable, and shoot for a a four or five star. And you know what? If all it takes is one, it takes a four star athlete to come in here and make a difference. You go through a season, you know, you win 18, 20 games, and then all of a sudden you wash, rinse, repeat. And now all of a sudden you got a couple of four stars in there. You got a three-star kid who probably should have been a four but got hurt, you know, something like that. Were you starting to build and recruit? And I think that would be the biggest difference. Mm -hmm. And all right, so let's stay with Aaron McKee. How do you think his experience at the professional level plays into his head coaching role at Temple? Like, how do you – because – You've heard both things. You hear a narrative of he can't do it because of his idea of the game. 
and kind of you know kind of same thing people were scared of with uh, I said scared with wow scared <laughs> of Penny Hardaway with in the sense that he goes down to Memphis and it's like this is a guy who knows the NBA game a lot more this is a guy who is an NBA player and now everybody knows that the college game and the NBA game is two totally different worlds it's kind of weird they're so close together but you were talking about just two completely different worlds how do you think that his professional experience and a Philly guy um, in the 76er and being the head coach of the Temple um, basketball team, how do you think those two things parallel? Well, I, it's, it's good, man. I, I think when you look at Aaron McKee, the mm-hmm. style in which he played and, and the connection that he had with the city, yeah. while he has a name yeah. and while people know who Aaron McKee is, this is not somebody who's two years removed from the NBA that's coming in there, you know, flashing rings like, you know, hey, this is what it takes. You know, I'm fresh off the league and, and has ego. I think Aaron McKee comes in removed from playing yeah. and is more of a coach mm-hmm. and spent time on the bench with the Sixers and grew as a coach. And, you know, you're doing it. You're coaching. You spent a year, you know, with Jay Wright and Villanova and, and mm-hmm. working. And, and I feel like there is... Once you remove yourself from playing and having to talk to somebody as a teammate and instead as a coach, it might take a year to go through it. It might take, you know, time to kind of get through that. But I feel like Aaron McKee is at a point right now where he's an administrator. Like he's he is a face and an administrator of a team and he's not coming in there to be friends with any freshman or sophomore and, and you know, trying to buddy up. He's trying to to run this program. So that's yeah. the Philly mentality that I think comes in there where it's like, okay, you're going after the right type of player, certain type of player that can help improve this team overnight, big recruit that you can get. At the same time, I feel like that mentality of being tough, of being in your face, and I'm not saying like internally, I'm just saying like to go out and have that whole feel of Temple basketball back, you know, that's on Aaron. That's yeah. on Aaron McKee to kind of restore that. Yeah. And if you want to look back before Fran and when it was John Chaney and, and that mentality every single time out there, and even if you're beating Temple, you're going to feel it the next day because yeah. it was a physical game. And, you know, those Temple Duke games in the middle of the regular season popping yeah. up out of nowhere, you're like, whoa, it was Cheney years and mm-hmm. I think there's hope to restore that and you have to have a certain mentality of coming in being like okay I'm not and I don't think Aaron McKee has this and that's why I think the parallels work is you're not feeding off of star power oh man that's Aaron McKee that's Aaron McKee because that gets old yeah you know what I'm saying and people yeah. I don't think you so far exactly exactly and then all of a sudden it's like you, you need people to respect you not just look at you and stargaze and there's yeah. a difference you know when people sit and listen and and make a sacrifice in their own bodies in their own world for you because you're a great coach as opposed to just oh man you know I play on Aaron McKee's team and I don't think that that's there so yeah. I think that works in that regard and also I, I just you know Aaron Aaron was never a dude when, you know, I covered him playing for the Sixers as a coach and now taking over for Temple. He was never a guy that I would think would be all about him for anything. Mm. So the sacrifice, whatever sacrifice, and I would say this to you, I'd say this to anybody who played and is now coaching or in this coaching world, the certain level of sacrifice that you put out to be the teammate that you are were is going to carry over as far as who you are as a leader. So that's where I feel like Aaron McKee comes in. And now, granted, this thing is a lot of pressure, mm-hmm. right? Because you have to keep up with Nova. You have to restore something that Fran kind of had 
I just feel like he's the right fit because of the maturity level that he brings as an administrator. Mm-hmm. And that's huge to, to recognize that you're walking the line of head coach slash administrator of a really historic program. It's huge. Yeah. So let's stay with the theme of restoration. Billy Lang. A guy who was there for the Sixers process, a lot of the process, and stepped off from it this year you know, towards the, the, the postseason. Him going to St. Joe's to mm. me was huge because Billy Lang was a guy who he was at Nova when I, when I first got there. Um, that first summer, you know, I was coached by him. And when we came back in the fall, right around the time we were about to start the, the season, like really start practice, that's when the Sixers job opened up. And, you know, he had to go, respectfully. He had to go. They're calling. You have to go. But to hear that a guy like that was going back to St. Joe's, I was like, whoa, that is huge. Because, like, you spoke on it before, like, restoring feeling of the Big Five. And I think so much of getting back to that old Big Five starts with the coaches. You know, the players are going to be the players, and they're going to be great, and they're going to get them. But it's so much of the coaches' pride in the city and in Philly basketball. When you heard that news that Billy Lang, First of all, was leaving the Sixers in the you know yeah. in the season. Like you know, it's like we have a game tomorrow. He's he's leaving. Um, what were your thoughts on that? Well, I think it definitely softens the blow exponentially mm-hmm. when you hear the news about Phil Martelli, knowing what he meant to that program and yeah. the difficult uh, the difficult decision it was to move on from him. If it's just you know, if it's John Lang. Or Frank Lang, <laughs> then you're like, oh, come on, man. You're like, what's going on? Yeah. But I think the biggest connection that made a lot of people happy, not just St. Joe's alum, but a lot of people happy in the Big Five, is that you reference when you come from a reclamation project like the process, yeah. and when you go through something where it's not reactionary, and that's the biggest thing about the process, man. They went through that thing from day one saying, hey, we're going to tank, we're going to go through this, we're going to purposely lose. This was not, hey, you know, we lost our two best players two weeks into the season or two months into the season, let's shut everybody down and get that top pick. So when you apply that to college, now granted, you have to deal with the recruiting, yeah. and that's a bigger variable where you can't just throw money at somebody allegedly right (laughs) i'm joking you can't just throw money at somebody and and, you know bring somebody in that way and say you know hey you know we're capped out we're going to give you this money so i think from a recruiting standpoint that's going like with aaron mckee it's going to be the biggest obstacle however there's already a vision like you know lang comes in with a built-in vision to restore and i can't tell you if it's going to take a year or if it's going to take five years that's on the school that's on the administrators to give him the job security to do it he's not going to go in there tanking yeah but i feel like when you have the mentality of i've seen something go from really bad to okay and now good it gives you a sense of where to maneuver and how to navigate when you're rebuilding and that's that's the biggest thing man is i think the school itself has an uphill battle Clearly, because you do have Temple and, and you have Aaron McKee, and, and I don't know how that's going to, you know, if, if you're looking at Temple or St. Joe's, and those are your two schools that you're looking at, and it comes down to coaching and name association, it might be Star Power or McKee that puts you over the edge. I yeah. can't say that Lang's going to be able to compete with Aaron McKee in that way. Yeah. And you also have Villanova that just hangs over everybody. So I, I think from a recruiting standpoint, while that's the key and the biggest variable for Lang's success, man, it's also something that, you know, he walks into this with one arm tied behind his back. Mm-hmm. Because I don't care who you are. 
you know, Jay Wright could go to St. Joe's tomorrow and take over, and it's going to take him a year to make that a national champion. Yeah. Maybe a year and a half. I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's magic and all. Like, but. Thank God we ain't got to find that out. No, 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 <laughs> no. You guys are good. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, you know, yeah. for me, that, that's where I think the biggest thing is when you start talking about restoring mm-hmm. and you start talking about bringing a team back, you know, that, that's the biggest thing is how can you apply what you've done to where you are now? Mm-hmm. And what you've done is rebuilding a team and, and identifying the proper talent and where you are now is, you know, trying to recruit. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest difference. How much do you think the resurgence of the Sixers and them kind of climbing out of the process days and really being where they are now where it ain't so much of a process anymore. People, you know, they call it a process. That's the name we've decided to go with. But at the same time, it's like that process is over. The process of making it, you know, out of one of the last teams in the East is over. Now we're, we're trying to contend for uh, Eastern Conference uh, championship. How much do you think the resurgence of the Sixers played into the resurgence of Big Five basketball? A lot. And I, I think it's unfair. And, you know, that, that's what we were talking about before which is you know can St. Joe's can Temple can they restore that history with the same energy that you see with Villanova and I think it's unfair with the neglect that the Big Five has gotten and certain programs have gotten even Temple and may have an early exit in the tournament but as superficial of a basketball fan base as Philadelphia is, we needed that. I think mm-hmm. we needed the Sixers to have a resurgence to bring back basketball and to bring back that feel of what it's like to really be down there on a daily basis and investing time and effort and energy into the game. And when the Sixers suck, nobody watches. I yeah. mean, that's just the reality of it. If it's on purpose or if it's just by you know, circumstance. So bringing this, I think basketball, it can only help. Yeah. It can only help. Last question. What game are you looking most forward to in the Big Five next year? I want to say, like, I guess Nova would be a cheat answer, but it's got to be, it's no got to be Temple St. Joe's, right? I'm looking at Harry Mays, <laughs> Temple alum here. I want to see the two new coaches go at it. Hmm. What do you, you, you want to see Penn Nova? I, for, I mean, you know me, I, I have the, the, Nova and St. Joe's game circle, you know, that, that's to me. Yeah, but I figured, like, new coach, you know, mm-hmm. that's going to be a slaughter. I, yeah. I don't expect St. Joe's to – I don't expect anybody to beat Nova. Now, granted, it didn't happen last year, but, I, you know, I still feel like I want to see history aside and name for the rivalry aside, I want to see the two new coaches, all right? Okay, okay. and what's your, what's your verdict on that game? Who do you think is coming out? I think Temple wins it. Okay. I think Temple wins it by 12. Fair, fair enough. Temple by 12, all right? Fair enough. All, all right. my Temple people out there. I was about to say, all right, we're going to stay with that. <laughs> well, man, this is Believing the Big Five with D-Ray, my special guest, Aton today, man. Also, me and Aton show uncontested. Yes, sir. 76ers on the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you for being on today, man. My pleasure, brother. My Thank man. you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, 
you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.